Yeah, good morning all. My name's Clay, if we haven't met before. I wonder if you would indulge me. I want to try a little exercise this morning. Can you take a deep breath, please? That's good. Take another one. Inhale. Yep, you can breathe out. Okay, take one more breath. Some of you aren't doing this, and I can see you. One more breath. Take one deep breath. I want you to hold it. Hold this breath. Hold it. Keep holding. How long can you hold your breath for? If you're talking, you're not holding. What happens when the oxygen in that breath runs out? Well, you probably won't die straight away. You'll, you'll faint is what's going to happen next. So let's see, 10.37. Let's see how long that takes. That would be an interesting exercise, but we don't need to do that. If you ran out of oxygen, you would faint. Your body would shut down. And if uh, you stopped breathing altogether, your body would die. Oxygen is one of those things you need to live. Fortunately for us, God built into our physiology a safety mechanism that keeps us breathing. See, our breathing is not something we have to think about because it's controlled by our uh, automatic nervous system in the medulla oblongata part of our brainstem. Yes, you can breathe if you want. If you don't, that'll prove my point really well. It'll be an excellent illustration. So we don't have to think about breathing. God programmed us in such a way that our body will take care of that for us. And so we, we only have very limited control over our breathing. The body will keep it going. Even if we're unconscious, when we're sleeping, we keep breathing. Unfortunately, that is not the case with our spiritual being. Our spirit does not breathe on its own. We need to consciously fill it. And if we don't, if our spiritual body stops breathing, like our physical body, it will stop living. In case you were wondering, the world record for holding your breath underwater is 22 minutes. 22 seconds. I tried this. I started to get uncomfortable at 22 seconds. 22 minutes. This is that's the truth. How does your spirit breathe? What am I talking about when I say your spirit breathe? What does it breathe? Spirit, your spiritual being, it turns out, breathes spirit. We have always been spiritual beings. Right from the moment God created us and breathed the breath of life into our nostrils. In the biblical languages, the word translated as spirit, which is, if you're interested, ruach in the Hebrew and pneuma in the Greek, is also translated as breath and air and wind. 
The Greek word pneuma, in fact, has carried over to the English. We use it now. If you drove here this morning, you drove on pneumatic tires. It's tires that are filled with air. Maybe you know someone who's had pneumonia. Maybe you have as well, where your lungs, which should be filled with air, are filled with fluid. These words, breath and spirit, they are coupled and interchanged throughout Scripture. Scriptures such as Job 33 verse 4. The Spirit of God has made me. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. And in John 20, 22, Jesus was with his disciples after he had been raised from the dead. And he said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the breath of God that keeps us alive and thriving spiritually. We breathe him when we are in his presence. Now, God is omnipresent. That means that he is everywhere and there is nowhere where he is not. But that is not the same as us being where he is. See, he is here among us now. And we could be in the same room as him, so to speak, but not actually be in his presence. Because being in his presence isn't about a physical location. It's about a spiritual heart position. So even though we are surrounded by him and that he is is in us and he never leaves us or forsakes us, we can not be experiencing his presence there with us. In most Christian communities, the Holy Spirit is either neglected, forgotten, or misunderstood. All too often, Christian ministry is so rigidly programmed that it seems we no longer need him or depend on him. We may invite his presence in a song or a prayer, but sometimes it seems like that's just lip service. The late A.W. Tozer author and pastor said if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference if the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference would we know the difference if the Holy Spirit no longer met with us when we gathered like this? Would you know the difference if the Holy Spirit wasn't active in your life? Is the Holy Spirit active in our lives? What evidence would suggest that he is? Who is who is the Holy Spirit? When Jesus walked the earth, he was revealed as Emmanuel, which means God with us. In Jesus, God lived among his people. When he returned to heaven at the end of his ministry, he promised that he would always be with his disciples. Matthew twenty-eight twenty: Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. 
And in Hebrews, God promises, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. But of course, Jesus did leave them. In fact, Mark 16, 19 says that after the Lord Jesus had spoken to them and said this, he was then taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. So how could Jesus be with his disciples when he had left them? Well, he had already told his disciples what the plan was. John 14, verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus would not be with them in flesh anymore, but he would be with them in spirit. Or rather, I should say, he would be with them in Holy Spirit. Because we use that phrase, I'll be with you in spirit. It's not the same thing. When we say, I'll be with you in spirit, what we don't mean is that our eternal spirits will rise up out of our bodies and will be transported across great distances like an astral projection to be with you and maybe you'll you'll feel a change in temperature or you'll feel a breath of wind as my spirit is with you. That would be freaking creepy if it did happen, but that doesn't happen and that's not what we mean. What we mean when we say I'll be with you in spirit is I'll, I'll be thinking of you, maybe, if I remember to. That's what we mean. That's not what Jesus meant. I will be with you always. My spirit will be with you. He meant his actual spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, would be with us always, in us. There's a distinction there. In the Holy Spirit, God's presence is with us always, is in us always. And he will never leave us or forsake us. This is the promise of scripture. The question is not so much how can I enter God's presence, but rather how can I get away from it? As David wrote in Psalm 139, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you were there. If I make my bed in the depths, you were there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. A common struggle, certainly that I've experienced with that scripture, is it doesn't feel like God is with me. I don't know what the feeling's supposed to be like, but I think it's supposed to be different than I feel most of the time. We have this idea that if God were with us, we'd feel different somehow. A common feeling is that God is not near, that he does not hear us, that he is not guiding us or holding us in either hand. This is a reality, well, this is a perception 
that most of us have or have had, at least from time to time. Now, is this, is this experience a God thing? Has he really abandoned us? Maybe you're too sinful for him. You probably are. Or is it an us thing? Is he there with us, just as he promised, but we are just not feeling it? Whatever that means. This is an age-old dilemma that is poignantly captured in the poem Footprints in the Sand by Mary Stevenson. One night I dreamed I was walking along the beach with the Lord. Many scenes from my life flashed across the sky. In each scene I noticed footprints in the sand. Sometimes there were two sets of footprints. Other times there were just one set of footprints. This bothered me because I noticed that during the low periods of my life, when I was suffering from anguish, sorrow or defeat, I could see only one set of footprints. So I said to the Lord, You promised me, Lord, that if I followed you, you would walk with me always. But I've noticed that during the most trying periods of my life, there have only been one set of footprints in the sand. Why, when I needed you most, you have not been there for me? The Lord replied, The times when you have seen only one set of footprints in the sand is when I carried you. How often have you felt that way? That God has abandoned you. Abandoned you when you needed him most. Even David, a man after God's own heart, felt like this at his lowest points. You see it in psalm after psalm. Psalms get real. It's not a praise God, praise God. He pours out his heart in anguish. Read Psalm 22. It gets dark. But with faith, we believe that God's spirit is with us always, just as he promised. What is lacking in our lives is not God's presence, but our spiritual awareness. He is there with us. He is here in us. But we cannot perceive him because we are not tuned in to the spiritual In Romans 8, Paul describes the contrast between living by the flesh and living by the spirit. He writes in Romans 8, 5, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. That's what I'm talking about with tuning in. It's where your focus is at. It's what defines your reality. Our minds are locked in on the things of this world. Our jobs, our mortgages, our ambitions, our sports teams, our shoes, and not the things of heaven. We are not tuned in on the spiritual. And so we are oblivious to the Spirit of God who is right there with us the whole time. As theologian and philosopher Peter Kreeft wrote, most theists, that's people who believe in God, are deists. That's being separated from God. Most theists are deists most of the time. In practice, if not in theory, they practice the absence of God instead of the presence of God. 
to hold his breath for over 22 minutes, underwater world record holder Tom Setas first hyperventilates on pure oxygen. An exercise which adds as much as 10 minutes to his breath endurance. It's pretty extreme. Now that is an exercise which many of us practice spiritually. We come along on a Sunday morning. We get all excited. (laughs) Breathe it in, breathe it in, breathe it in. Get some pure oxygen spiritually into us. And then we walk outside the door and... walk around until my breath runs out at about 1pm oh I tried obviously church wasn't that good this morning only carried me through a couple of hours but isn't there some truth in that what do you think this is for do you think it's to fill your tank with spirit so that it can get you through the week really isn't. It's not what we're doing here. If you think that you're going to get a dose of Holy Spirit and that's all you need in the tank for the week, that is not what we're doing here and that is not how it works. It's not the same as your car. You don't go to the petrol station and fill up and then they'll keep you going. It's like Well, the Apostle Paul uses the analogy, a human body. We need to breathe. A spirit needs to breathe spirit. A spirit needs to breathe his Holy Spirit. Not just in weekly encounters like this or at Life Group. It's something that we do every day, constantly. We try anything else, you'll walk out the door and you'll spiritually faint. You feel like you have no connection with him during the week. You don't have his power. You're lacking in faith. Maybe it's because you're hoping Sunday will carry you through and it turns out Sunday can't carry you anywhere. If you encounter the Spirit of God in a service like this, that's great. And these times are important and we're called to do this. And the Lord does amazing things through these. He encourages us. He feeds us. He equips us as we meet with his spirit, as we meet with his breath. And as we allow him to minister to us, he is working in us. But if you're not breathing his presence daily, you cannot thrive. You cannot grow. You cannot live spiritually. As we read in Acts chapter 2 verse 46, the disciples gathered every day to encourage each other in faith. The Bereans in Acts 17 11 poured over the scriptures every day. The same scriptures that the apostle Paul teaches in 2 Timothy are breathed by God. His breath, his spirit is over everything. Psalm 105 verse 4 says, look to the Lord and his strength, seek his face always. Psalm 26.3 says, For I have always been mindful of your unfailing love and have lived in reliance on your faithfulness. Psalm 16.8 says, I keep my eyes 
always on the Lord with him at my right hand. I will not be shaken. And Ephesians 6.18 says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Always, always, always. When you're experienced with the spirit, it's between 10 and 11.30, maybe 11.45 on a Sunday. That's not relationship. That is religion. And it doesn't change your life. Always he is with us. And so always we are seeking him. We are in an attitude of prayer constantly. An attitude of prayer doesn't mean every sentence starts with dear father and ends with amen. It just means that we are tuned into his voice and we are conversing with a friend who we recognize is right there. Now, he's real. He's a real friend. Imagine walking around with a friend and every time you want to talk to them, you have to say, dear David, do you want to go get a burger? Amen. Dear David, Coke, amen. He's, he's a, there's a, even, even bringing that in, I mean, he is the king of heaven, don't get me wrong, and I want to have all due respect for him, but he also said I can call him friend and I can have a real relationship with him. And that means I can be real with him. And so as I recognize that he is with me always, it changes my prayer life. And he wants to be the person that I go to that I talk to. I'm not sure how interested he is in my thoughts on the black caps, but I think he likes that I talk to him about it. And I do pray for the black caps. And we all should. <laughs> mountain movers, next mountain movers, that's going on the list. Coming into this, into a greater revelation of God's presence with me always has changed the way I pray. I used to, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy. I used to talk to myself all the time. And you probably do as well. You know, when you just kind of run things over in your head. Oh, that was a bit close when you're driving. Or, oh, that tastes delicious. Or, oh, hey, whatever. I have those conversations now. Well, I try to have those conversations with him. And, and, as I said, I don't know how interested he is on my thoughts on um, on Mum's macaroni, but but he really really likes just that relationship and, and me talking with him. And what I find is the more I exercise that and engage with that, I find my relationship just grows and strengthens. I am practicing his presence, his real presence, not just his presence for ministry, which can be a trap for me, because you understand I need him to do my job. If I, if he doesn't come through for me. Like, if he doesn't come through now, I've had a mere. No one is impacted anyway or transformed at all. My job is completely dependent on him to come through. But at the same way, our spiritual lives, every single one of us, are completely dependent for him to come through. So, I, you know, I, I pray for ministry. I, I've prayed into this. But then I go on leave at about 7.30 tonight. Does that mean I, I can close down the prayer because I'm taking two weeks leave? No, because my relationship is not my job. And so I need my relationship not just to be put into either 
either work blocks of time or, you know, religious blocks of time, but just my spirit life is my life. There aren't two lives. Well, there shouldn't be. And that's for every single one of us. It's not like you've got your work life and your home life and then your church life. There's one life. And the same Holy Spirit is there with you the whole time. And he's looking for us to be consistent sons and daughters of God, ambassadors to him, wherever we are. One life. seems like the only time we ever seem to perceive him is when we're in a worship service or a church conference or a prayer meeting. All times when we're focused on him and seeking an encounter with him. What would happen if we had that attitude all the time? I don't know, if you, have you been to a church conference before? They can be full on, they can be crazy, they can be weird, but they can also be powerful times to meet with God. And I, for one, turn up expectant to meet with God and for wonderful things to happen. Why wouldn't I do that all the time? Why wouldn't I walk out the door there and be expectant for wonderful things to happen? Why wouldn't I get out of my car and be looking for what awesome thing God's going to do next in my life? Do you think he just focuses all his work on church services and conferences? No, it doesn't. What if we were seeking God wherever, whenever? The radio signal for my favorite station is broadcasting 24-7, but I won't hear my favorite tunes unless I tune my stereo into the right frequency. I hit seek, dialing in to find out what I'm looking for. I believe this is not too far from the practice of his presence as well. Every day we need to dial into him. Just as Jeremiah prophesied, Jeremiah 29, 12 and 13, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. As we fix our eyes on Jesus, as we meditate on the truth, as we align ourselves with the spirit and repent of the flesh, we will start to see even to feel, to experience and appreciate all that he has for us, just as he promised. As we tune him in and tune out the noise of the world that is holding us back, we will find that we hear his voice. We will hear it so much clearer. And the impact of his ministry in our lives will flourish as we hear and obey. The truth is, He really is with us, and he always will be. We just need the spiritual sight and the faith to see it. I want to be so immersed in him that I breathe his presence with every breath, and that my spirit will be filled with him just as my lungs fill every few seconds with air. And so that is my resolution for this year a deeper, more profound awareness of his presence and a commitment to make his kingdom my first reality. And this fleeting world can have just whatever's left. So that means for me, 
in all things, I'm looking for him. I'm looking for his hand. I'm looking for what he's doing. I'm listening for his voice. Every circumstance I find myself in, I want to train myself to be seeking his will. Lord, what would you have me do? Lord, what are you trying to say to me in this circumstance? I think that was for me the failing of the what would Jesus do movement. It was all about doing and how we want to change the world. Where I think most of the time God's just looking to change us. And so in every circumstance I'm looking, Lord, what are you saying to me here? What does this mean for me? So yeah, I believe it here. I believe he is all around me. I believe his presence is is there. It's in me. And I need to get this head knowledge to my heart. That will change my reality and that will change who I am. I wonder if that sounds interesting to you. Let's pray. Why don't you, why don't you stand with me? And I wonder if we could, um, I wonder if we could pray together. My apologies if you're new here, but I'm on this thing now where I make people hold hands. Yeah, you can hold my hand. And we hold hands because we're in this together. And I want to join our faith join our hearts together Lord as we seek you Lord and we seek you now and I pray Lord that you'd meet with us now as we focus our eyes on you Lord as we as we breathe you in recognizing you're all around us but Lord I pray that what happens now is just a seed for everything else you want to do outside of these doors Lord and that encounter would be something that we're living for and looking for wherever we are that we would come, Lord, just to breathe you spiritually as we breathe air. That we would know and experience the reality of your presence with us wherever we go. So pray, Lord, in each of us, Lord, you would be building now just an ever-increasing desire, a passion for your presence, for deeper relationship with you. A relationship we know, Lord, changes everything. So fill us anew, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.